We're heading to Brittany next in France, and its heart is definitely Celtic. Instead of the green, white, and orange you'll see on Irish flags, the national flags here are blue, white, and red. Brittany is one of the six Celtic nations, and its Breton language is starting to be taught again in bilingual schools. Though I hear the number of native Breton speakers has declined, thanks to government policies that used to discourage it. Tour guide Patrick Vidal lives in Brittany and joins us now for an insider's view of the Celtic corner of France and the regional pride it instills in its residents. Patrick, bonjour. You're very welcome. Bonjour, Rick. Do, do people actually speak a Celtic language in Brittany anymore, or is it something that's sort of a way that you can celebrate the fact that you enjoy Brittany? But Yeah, it's more, it's more a cultural thing. I mean, it's not an everyday thing right. anymore, but the, the road signs are written in both languages. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things are, are kind of trying to push as much as possible to keep it alive. But in, you don't find it in the street or in the shops or anything like that. But there's a spirit, a, a, a sort of a Britain pride. You it's see, the, you very, see. very strong. That's one of the one of the strongest in France, with maybe Corsica, Basque Country, Alsace. Britain is one of those those very very strong feelings. You see the flag a lot, black mm, and white yeah, stripes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a Britain TV or radio station? There is a Britain TV. There's a few radio stations which are mm. forecasting in in uh, in Breton language, ah. which I found always funny because I've been I've been living there for a long time and and, and going there very often when I was younger. <laughs> and you can hear the difference between a, a somebody who learned it from school. Yeah, I, I don't speak the language, but right. just by listening, you can yeah. hear it from a, a French person who learned it to somebody who really grew up with it. With their family speaking yes. this. Yeah, it's very different. So this is Brittany. It's the west of France, uh, whereas most of France is Gaulish. If Britain is Celtic... But what, all of France was Celtic. All of you France know, we, was Celtic. You know, we're talking about the same thing that in England. When the Angle, the Saxon moved in, they pushed the, the, the Britain, the Celts, ah. uh, further. That's exactly what happened in in France. So in Britain, the Celts got the worst land because the stronger Angles and Saxons took England. Yes. And we get the Celtic people living in rocky, more difficult Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. The Britons have been pushed. The Celts have been left down there because the, the land was not interesting. So anybody. that's Brittany. It's that rough, wild, western tip of France. Exactly the same type of, of landscape, of climate, than you've got in, in Ireland or, or in Wales. So you feel that, that sense that this is a proud land, it's a rugged land. Now, you, your family's not from Brittany, but you've spent a good part of your life in Brittany. Yeah, I, I, my family is from the southwest next to the Spanish border. I grew up right. in the north of France, but uh, I 20-some years ago, I decided to, to go down and live down there. I knew the place already. I've, I've worked down there a few, a few seasons, a few yeah. years, and uh, I, love the, I love the atmosphere. I love the uh, it's Celtic. It's Celtic. You it's like that people. Celtic spirit? Yeah, the yeah, the it's people. a very nice spirit, yeah. So what is the difference between uh, a Celtic flavor and uh, what you grew up with in the south of France? To me, the, the most, maybe the most striking part of it is the welcoming part. People welcome you in. People accept you into their culture. They are, they are, they are open to the outside. Yeah. They, are, they are the end of the world. They yeah. are the Finisterre, the, the end of the, of, the, of the land. And they used to go outside to find a living and, uh, and go sailing on one side. Or Weren't they famous uh, sailors in the Absolutely. very, very old huge, times? Yeah, yeah. So it was huge, yeah. 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 Ports are big. And, uh, and it works the other way around as well. Inland as well, coming inland in France. For a very long time, Brittany was a land of emigration, not immigration. Okay. France has welcomed people from all over the world for centuries and centuries. Brittany has stayed very secluded, and people were coming out of, of Brittany to go to Paris to work and stuff like that. So how would you say Brittany would be different from France if you're a tourist? In the, in the food, in the culture, uh, what is characteristic about Brittany? If you were going to go there and you had a checklist of things... 
obviously food. I mean, it's, uh, food, it's yeah. more on the coast is seafood, of course, like uh, on right. the coast anywhere. But the, the core of, of uh, Brittany food is the crepes and the galettes, which are which has this buckwheat little crepe. So a galette is a, a, galette is a, is a savory, savory crepe. Okay, right. yeah. well, okay. Buckwheat. Buckwheat. It's the same ingredients that you'd put in it like on a pizza or something like that. It normally. isn't. It's like the pizza. It was much more yeah. simple. I mean, yeah. the pizza has been used in the... You can have a Hawaiian pizza now, so that's... Uh, that's, <laughs> no. uh, that's can you have a, a Hawaiian galette? <laughs> you, I'm sure no, you can you, find a Hawaiian you can galette do that. if you look carefully enough. Yes, and then right. with your crepes, you have cider. Yeah, and cider, and I mean, it's like in Normandy, you don't have a, you don't. The ground was not very good for for vineyards, so right. you had apple apple trees. It was green, it was very wet, so apple trees were growing nicely. You go. But you like French, cider. you French are still very sophisticated about it. So like, fr- uh, wine has dry, semi-dry, and sweet. In apple cider, you also have brut. Sophisticated in French to me doesn't work. I mean, I could we could develop that, that for okay. that, on that for hours, but. Uh, but uh, for instance, in Brittany, when you drink some cider, you drink it in ceramic cups, like a bowl. Like a bowl. Okay. Yeah. It's called a bolet, and the reason behind that is they didn't have enough money to buy glasses. Okay. That's as simple as that. And there is different kinds of cider. You've got dry oh, yeah. cider. Yeah, you got the dry, you got the softer, the sweeter. So maybe not sophisticated, but uh, developed because you have different kinds of yeah, cider. Yeah, of course. I mean, if yeah. you if you do some cider, you're gonna be an expert at it, and you're gonna learn different <laughs> ways to do it. That's that's. Do you like your you cider uh, sweet or? I like it dry. Dry. I'm a more dry. But th- the difference is not huge. It's not like champagne, where you can straight away say it's a, oh, it's a sweet one or it's a it's a oh, dry okay, one. So the difference is not that huge. I mean, if you if you get a, a sweet instead of a, of a brut and you prefer the Brut, the sweet is still nice and, and drinkable. It's not, uh, it's not that sweet. This is Travel with Rick Steves. I'm learning about cider, and I'm learning about Celtic culture, and I'm learning about Brittany, where our guide lives. Patrick Vidal joins us now. We're talking about Brittany. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and you can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Bill's calling in from Montana, from Billings. Bill, thanks for your call. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. How are you? We're doing great. Do you have some thoughts about Brittany? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Um, my wife and I generally try to spend about a week up there every year. Sometimes it's a couple of days, but the, it's generally about a week. We generally go to Saint Malo. Very much love that area. Uh, the coasts, the walking on the, the GR34 up there, uh, lots of hiking. But we've kind of been up there four or five times, and we're looking for maybe a, a more off the beaten path to go because Saint Malo can be a very touristy area again with the Walled City, Cancal. Yes, uh, San Malo is kind of a, a sort of a postcard pretty city with these great walls, and everybody goes there, but you're right, we got to get off the beaten path here. Before we get into that, what is the GR34 that you've enjoyed walking on? That's It's a grand route. Uh, basically, in France, there's these walking paths that go along the coast throughout, throughout France. This mm-hmm. one's just determined as the GR34. It's the one that runs along the coast of Brittany. Okay. Is it worth uh, spending a few days hiking on that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We generally do shorter walks. We usually end up with uh, seven or eight miles a day mm-hmm. on these. Most of it in Brittany is all along the coast. So you will be walking within feet of the edge of the coast. Um, is that on the uh, beach or is it, is it on a bluff? What's it like, uh, Bill? Both, actually. Um, it continues through beaches and it goes along the coast. Uh, there's a good one in Dinard where you start off the main beach there and you do about three miles up the up the coast and some of them are very high bluffs looking down on the ocean, and some of them are right hmm. with the water at your feet. What's an off-the-beaten path? What's a, a beautiful, charming uh, keep, dimension? Keep following the coast. 
I mean, that's, as, as long as you reach Saint-Malo, if you keep following the coast after that, you've got plenty, plenty of different places which are amazing, which are very, very uh, remote. Uh, you've got the Cape Freel, F-R-E-H-E-L. You've got the Fort de la Latte, which is just before that. You've got fantastic walks around there. And then if you keep going, you pass Saint-Brieuc and you get all the coast with all the... Well, in, in France, the in northern Brittany, that kind of places they call the, the Aber, A-B-E-R. It's like fjords. Ah, okay. It's like rivers coming yeah. in the thing there and very deep. Uh, Beautiful uh, coastline, yeah, rugged coastline. Amazing coastline. So if you have a rental car, you just drive along the coast, you'll find, you don't need a list of sites, you'll no, find charming it's, it's towns. So you got, you got what they call the pink granite coast uh, a little uh-huh. bit further north. You've got the Ile de Brea, which is fantastic. The northern part is definitely, the northern coast is definitely the more off the beaten tracks than the one there. The southern one is a bit more touristic. You know, that's Bill, that's interesting because I've never been able to get my brain around what do you see in Brittany? But I think as Patrick is saying, you explore with your car and you find there's not one famous village that everybody's going to go to. Just have a spirit of adventure and, and uh, drive along the coast in the north. But there are, there, are f- there are a few big names. I mean, if you want to see the standing stones in Karnak, I mean, yeah. there's 5,000 stones standing up in lines in big fields. Makes sto- look Stonehenge like a, like a dwarf little place there. So this is from the same age as Stonehenge, same, but, same, but oh, just we, much we, bigger. We don't know. I mean, as much as right. we don't know that much about Stonehenge, we don't know about, that much about Karnak. So there are a few places like that which are a bit more coming out of the of the agenda. But uh, but basically, yes, it is that. It is taking the car, going walking around, going going discovering new little villages and uh, and little towns. It's fantastic. All right. Hey, Bill. Thanks for your call. Hey, thank you for having me, gentlemen. Have a good day. Take care. We're looking at Celtic France right now on Travel with Rick Steves with tour guide Patrick Vidal as we explore his home region of Brittany. Lynn's calling in from Broadview Heights, Ohio. Hey, Lynn. Yes. We um, took a trip to Brittany with our daughter for her first trip to Europe. And we wanted to have some goals, some, um, something for her to look forward to in those little towns and we had decided to find the best crepe. And um, there was so many to choose from. We chose our home base to be Kemper, and then we would take day trips each day to spots within 45 minutes to an hour away with our rental car. Hmm. And we would try out the different creperies around Kemper and the different coastlines Point Dura was one of our favorites, and Benoday, um, just some neat, quaint cities to walk and then decide where to have our, our lunch and have some of that cider and, and the seafood. The mussels were, were outstanding. Oh, so, the, the mussels of Brittany are famous. And uh, Lynn, I'm curious, what was your favorite, I don't know about your famous creperie, but what was your favorite kind of crepe? How did, what did you do, um, enjoy most? They had... They had so many savory crepes. My daughter started to enjoy the goat cheese with mushrooms. Ooh. And then some other ones had some potatoes, like diced potatoes in it, which were outstanding. I, I found out that they had a meat called andouille, which I thought was more of the sausage we have here in the States, but it's more of the intestines and it was very <laughs> off-putting so we we learned something trying out everything but so what's the name so we can take notes and not make the same it, mistake it's um andouille and we we had some french-speaking um relatives with us and even the translation we were trying to say we don't want any of the the guts or the intestines but 
they were unable to translate our our need, but and that was fine. We we didn't find any that we couldn't finish. You couldn't stomach. It was wonderful. What <laughs> yeah, about what stomach. what about your dessert crepes? What did you enjoy? They had all the fresh fruit preserves, so a lot of raspberry and and red berry preserves in with like a cream sauce, like a sweet cream, which is wonderful. Nice. And of course, the the chocolate crepe with the whipped cream. Oh, sounds decadent. It was outstanding. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, you know, you just happened to be talking to a man who has worked uh, running his own crepe stand. Isn't that right, yeah, Patrick? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. So when you listen to Lynn, yeah. <laughs> I saw you smiling about it. You, you, you've spent months and months making crepes for people. What's the, what do you look for if you're looking for a good creperie? And then what did you enjoy serving the most for a savory galette and a sweet crepe? Aye. Savory, originally, the original savory galette is a, is a sausage one. Sausage? Yeah, because mm. it's, a, it's oh. a round, kind of thick sausage, mm. uh, which is normal sausage, but country, country type. But you, you slice it thin and you no. lay it? No, no. You just have a, it's like you a, just a hot have dog. You sausage and you roll, it's like a hot dog. A hot dog. It's the original hot dog. We invented the hot dog before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, so, uh, and a bit of mustard in that, that galette saucisse. Galette so saucisse. saucisse. Yeah. So that's really the original one. That's the one people were grabbing and taking to go back to the fields. I see. That's that was the that was the sort easy. of like the pasty in England. Yeah, absolutely. The same yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The Celtic mm-hmm. people in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. you and you have your yeah. uh, your crepe hot dog. Yeah. It was exactly the same thing. After that, they came into more uh, what they call a complete com- the complete. It means yeah. that you could you put an, an egg, you put some uh, melted cheese, and some uh, some bacon. In it what there. kind of cheese? Um, Gruyere type, the uh, kind of Emmental French, French Swiss kind of uh, yeah. expensive, simple cheese. And then for this, for the dessert crepe, what do you? Uh, original dessert is butter and sugar. Yeah, that's all. That's all yeah. it is. Originally, that's what it was. For a little purest. bit of butter, a bit of sugar, and blah, 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 that's what it was. After that, you can get anything you want. You can have ice cream. You mean so? Originally, there wasn't Nutella. No, there was not Nutella already. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But I can tell you, as a dessert crepe, that's the one we sold the most. That's is that was Nutella. Nutella one? Yes. Lynn, you've striked up a good conversation uh, here. It was. It, <laughs> it brings back such great memories, and the super quick way they made the crepes was neat to watch. In every crepery, you could see them making it. And oh, I love the crepes. When I'm traveling in France, it's such a, a fun, easy, inexpensive, uh, tasty, quick meal. Oh, it works very well. Very yeah. nice. Lynn, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. And you know where you'll find the some of the best... Galettes and crepes in France? Paris. Paris? <sighs> Remember what I said? Emigration? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of Brittany people moved to, move to Paris. Paris is the largest Brittany town in France. There's more Brittany people. It's, it's, it's fading away now. But uh, for a long time, there was more Brittany people in Paris than there was in any of the big towns in Rennes. In okay. Rennes, in Nantes, in whatever there. Because there was no jobs down there. There was no, no economy. So everybody was moving up there, and uh, a lot of the young ladies would work as, as nurses and stuff like that. And everybody arrived through the Montparnasse train station. And everything is around, all the, all the, Brittany, the core of Paris, Brittany, is around the Montparnasse train station. Montparnasse, so you'll find some good creperies there. Exactly. Well, there's yeah. something like, there's one street, the Rue d'Odessa, where there's something like, 15 creperies, <laughs> one next to each other, and each one has the name of a little town. You ah. got the creperie of Quimper, the creperie of something, the creperie of something. It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's like being in Brittany. 
And in the other direction now, is is Brittany kind of a, a vacation escape for Parisians for the weekend, or is there that kind of back but and forth? There, there was this because they go to Normandy a lot. In a, in a night, yes, they do. Normandy you know, is nicknamed. Normandy is the, the original one. They call, the original. The, they call it the seventeenth uh, arrondissement uh, or something. Twenty first. Twenty first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, Normandy was a natural one originally because yeah. it was so close and so yeah. so easy to go there. But um, what happened in Brittany is that it's it stayed out of the of the radar for a very long time, and in the nineteen eighties, the the French state had realized that uh, this this kind of place was so remote and so secluded. They needed to help them. We had the first road network for carriageways uh, network in France was, uh, and it's a free one. As well. No tolls to go from yeah. Brittany to Paris. Yeah, yeah, and and all around Brittany. Ah, it's this one of the best preserved, the uh, well, uh, best network of uh, of roads in in France. It's kind of a, gover- a, a French government mm. subsidy yeah, to, yeah, get, to, to get try to, get to help speed. them to develop and to uh, to get people there as well, in and out. And uh, what so decade so. would that have been? 1980s, 1980s, because beginning of the 90s. You know, when I first started traveling in, in Brittany, somebody told me if you named your child a, a Celtic name, they would be in trouble with the government. It's it's not Celtic specifically. For a very long time, you uh, were supposed to use a name from the calendar, ah, from the saint of something there. Okay. It, it was nothing against okay. Celtic culture specifically. It was anything. <laughs> this is travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking Brittany with Patrick Vidal. If I go to Brittany again, what is uh, one word I should definitely use that is a Breton word to uh, help me get a good welcome? Kenavo. Canavo. Canavo. K e n a v o. Canavo is uh, saying good, hello. In, hello. Uh, in in Britain. Canavo. Yeah. And how do you say goodbye? Uh, I don't. I don't even know how to say goodbye. I know a very more, much more important one. Yamat. Yamat. Which is cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Because uh, you want to drink with. When Brittany I have my people. cider, a bowl yeah. of cider. Yeah. You know, Brittany is the is the place in France where they've got the most trouble with alcohol as well because it's a it's a big party place and people do drink quite a lot. So so what they like to do the Yamat thing there. Yamet. Yamet. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you very Cheers. much, Patrick. And uh, let's have welcome. a crepe in uh, Brittany on that, uh, on the the G. What was the what was the trail again? The GR thirty four. GR thirty four. The wonders of the coast of Brittany and that beautiful Celtic culture. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. You can experience my favorite European people, places, and stories in my newest book, For the Love of Europe. Order your copy today at ricksteves.com.